Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I'm Nick Prater, and it's my privilege to be your announcer on this, the third Sunday of Easter. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message, assisting in the worship service is the organist, Mrs. Susan Sinninger, and their acolyte is Carson Ray. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. Our opening hymn today is Hail Thou Once Despised Jesus on morning, page 531. Welcome to worship today. Uh, it's good to be with you all here in the Lord's house once again to worship him, to receive his gifts of word and sacrament that he has so graciously and wonderfully and mercifully prepared for us. Why don't we stand and greet each other this morning in the name of the Lord. Members, as always, if you see somebody that you don't recognize, please go say hi and welcome them today. And as you are finding your seats, we'll just continue with some of the announcements that we have for today. First of all, on April the 29th is our potluck dinner with the voters meeting to follow that. So please mark that on your calendars. April the 29th, potluck dinner right after church and then the voters meeting to follow that. Next, uh, I noticed that in the back of the narthex there are sign-up sheets to help out with this year's picnic. That is June the 8th. Uh, Please make sure that you read the directions carefully. Uh, because we are asking that you would sign up to do uh, two things. A, to either help with some kind of a game or food or something like that, but also to help with either setup or tear down of that event. It is an event that is a wonderful event and something that we all enjoy and something that hopefully that the community uh, around us will enjoy as well. But for those who have helped with that in the past, you know that it's a lot of work too. And so many hands make, make light work. Um, and so let's uh, do everything that we can to um, help the picnic committee out uh, and volunteer our time for that. You'll see the sign-up sheets right in the back there. It's not too late to order the Springfield Cardinals tickets. Tickets can be ordered up until game day. A shirt will still be ordered for you, but it won't be delivered in time for the game. It will, it will be delivered in May. If you'd like to do that, Uh, Please see uh, our principal, Amanda Menning, afterwards. Next, uh, June will be out of the office all of this coming week, so if you have any questions that uh, only she can answer, which I'm finding are many, um, please uh, uh, wait until uh, the following week. She has um, uh, several medical appointments that she will be going to. And then next... Lauren Barnes, uh, husband to Thelma Barnes, passed away on Thursday night, and his visitation will be uh, 
if I'm reading this right, Monday at the Buchanan Funeral Home from 6 to 9 p.m., and services will be at Trinity on Tuesday. Is that correct? Is that, what? 6 to 8 on Monday night, okay? And then the um, services will be here at Trinity on Tuesday morning with a luncheon to follow. Please keep them, uh, please keep Thelma and her family in your prayers as well. So we begin our service today with a word of prayer. Dear gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this Lord's Day. We thank you, Lord, that each and every one of us here are called here by the gospel, by the good news about Jesus, about how he has been born and lived and died and has been resurrected again for us. We thank you, Lord, for this. And it is in this um, spirit, in this Lord's Day, Lord, that we worship you, and we ask, Lord, that you would give us a zeal this morning for your house of worship here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We open with our first hymn, Hail Thou Once Despised Jesus, number 531. We'll sing the first two verses, verses 1 and 2. We make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us. 
Almighty God, in His mercy, has given His Son to die for you, and for His sake He forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In your presence there is fullness of joy. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up. O Lord, my God, I cry to you for help. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, through the humiliation of your Son, you raised up the fallen world. Grant to your faithful people, rescued from the peril of everlasting death, perpetual gladness and eternal joys. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The first reading today is from Acts chapter 3, verse 11 through 21. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in a place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One, and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses to this by faith in the name of Jesus. This man, whom you see and know, was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent, then, and turn to God, so that all your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord." and that may he, he may send the Messiah, who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes when God had uh, to restore everything, as he has promised long ago through his holy prophets. This is the word of the Lord. At this time, we have special music from the men's glee under the direction of Lori Evett.
Thank you very much, Men's Glee. A wonderful job. Is it that time for all the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message with Miss Hansen? Now is a good time to bring up your Mighty Mites for offering as well. morning everybody how are you are you good I want to ask you a question are you God's children how do you know that you're God's children because we got baptized Ooh, and how did we know that we're supposed to get baptized through God's word and what is God's word The Bible. Perfect. The Bible is God's Word. And because of God's Word and one other thing. MJ, come here. One other thing. What do we get baptized with? Water. Water. We have to have God's Word, and then we have to have the water. And then we get baptized into the family of God, right? So we become God's children. Now, Pastor's going to talk some more about being God's children with the parents later. So you watch your parents. Make sure they're listening. That's your job today, okay? Make sure they're listening, and then you, ha- you will be listening too, right? But to be God's children, now what does that mean? What does that mean to be God's children? To be God's children, it means that you believe in him and you think he's the God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Wow. She must go to a Lutheran school. Do you think so? I know so. When we're God's children, we know that because the Bible tells us so. We sang that this morning. The little kids sang that so wonderfully this morning. The Bible tells us that because of baptism, because of the water and God's word, through baptism, baptism we become God's children. Now, do we stay God's children forever and ever? Yeah. Good job. We do stay God's children. But there's something really important that happens in baptism that we didn't talk about yet that keeps us God's children. Anybody? Forgiveness of sins. Perfect. Forgiveness of sins. We have to have that forgiveness of sins, right? And we get that through the baptism, through being God's children. We get that forgiveness of sins. Do we have to get, now I asked my class this, this morning, do we have to get baptized every single day so that we get that forgiveness of sins? No, we don't. We don't have to be baptized every single day. The baptism makes us part of God's family and makes us the children of God, right? But we need that forgiveness of sins. So who's going to tell me how we got that forgiveness of sins? Jesus died on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Now, did he, was he a bad guy? 
No. He didn't do anything wrong. He was perfect, right? He did not deserve to die on that cross for our sins. But do we? Yes. But do we have to die on the cross for our sins? No, because of Jesus, right? Because Jesus died on the cross for our sins, we are forgiven. Now, let me ask you one more thing. Some of you might do this and some of you might not. If you hurt somebody's body or their feelings, what should you say? I forgive you. Well, first we're going to say something else. Sorry. I'm sorry. And then we're going to say... I forgive you. I forgive you. Because Jesus and God forgive us our sins, right? Because of, God forgives us our sins because of Jesus. So does he want us to forgive each other's sins? Yes. We need to forgive each other, too. Sometimes we hurt our friend's feelings or our mom's feelings or each other. Or sometimes we hit our brother. Of course, I don't know why we would do that, but sometimes we do that. And so when we say we're sorry and the other person says, I forgive you, do we get to stay mad? No, we do not get to stay mad. It's over and it's done. Aren't we glad that God doesn't stay mad at us? Yes, we are glad. So I want you to practice that sometime this week. If you know you've hurt somebody's feelings or hurt somebody's body, I want you to say, I'm sorry, and I want the other person to say, I forgive you. you. Perfect. Thanks a lot, guys. Epistle today is 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him. For we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened, and they thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? 
See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed to should be should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. We sing our next hymn, number 421. We'll sing verse 1 and 3 and 4. Would you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth 
be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our message this morning is both from the lesson from Acts as well as from 1 John that was just read. You'll probably want to have those in front of you because we'll be referring to those as we go along here this morning. In an effort to understand something that I have absolutely no experience in, which is farming, I asked two farmers this last week, I sort of polled them the same question. And my guess is is that the answers that I got from from these two farmers are probably very, very similar to what many of you who farm would say as well. I asked them what, what they do or what they would do if one of the members of their herd, whether it was a, a, a cow or a pig or a, a, a sheep or whatever livestock that they have, what they would do or what they do do in the event that that livestock gets lost or that they can't find it. With my own assumptions, which were completely wrong, um, I thought that, I guess if you have a large enough herd, perhaps one, uh, perhaps one cattle or one cow or uh, one member of this livestock, if it happens to get lost, it, maybe it's not that big of a deal. I was wrong. According to these two farmers that I asked, it's a very big deal. As a matter of fact, this is just some of what they said. The first one said... That the, that the one cow, in the, in the event that the cow got lost, that I would go and search for it because it is of great concern to me that I find it. The next one said, when I pressed him a little bit more after he said, yes, we would go after it, I said, well, why? What, why would you go after it? And he said this, he said, because it's ours and we want it back. And he said this, this too, that I found to be very poignant. He said, and we wouldn't stop until we found it. We wouldn't stop until we found it. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells a parable about a shepherd. And in this parable, he says that this shepherd has 100 sheep, a flock of 100 sheep, and one of them gets lost. And Jesus says, would not, he was talking to the Pharisees at this time, he, he says, well, would not all of you leave the 99 behind and go looking after the one lost sheep? Because that one sheep is of great concern to the shepherd. Because they were, because that shepherd was charged with taking care of not just 99 of his sheep, but all of his sheep. And so Jesus uses this metaphor and this parable to talk about himself. How there is so much rejoicing in heaven. There is a party, there is a celebration in heaven over one sinner, over, over one single sinner that repents that confesses their sin before God and then receives his forgiveness because that's what his word says. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just. and He will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
In the same chapter, a little bit after that, Jesus tells the very familiar story of the prodigal son. In which this father has two sons. One son does what the father asks him to do, and the other son is a little bit of a petulant brat. And he goes to his father and says, Father, I want out. Give me my share of the estate. Give me my share of the inheritance. And so the the father does this. He gives to his son what the son asked for, gives him his share of the estate, and and that son goes off and spends every last dime of it in some sort of wild living. We're not sure what it was, but all that we know is is that he wasn't very smart about it because he, he lost it all. And he was so ashamed of what he did that he does not immediately go back to his father. No. He hires himself out and tries to earn money that way. And the Bible says that this son was so hungry because he wasn't making enough money to even eat, that this son was so hungry that he longed to eat the pods that the pigs were eating. How many of you have ever seen what pig slop looks like? Oh, come on. Okay? It's nasty. It is nasty stuff, but the pigs, pigs eat it, and they, and they love it. So this son, who has fallen from grace, doesn't have enough money to even feed him himself, and, and looks at the pig slop and thinks, man, wouldn't that taste good? Until finally the, the son wises up. And he concocts this, this plan. And he says, I know. I'll go back to my father, and I'll ask him if he will just hire me out as one of his servants, because I know that all of his servants, they eat very, very well, and they're very well taken care of. And so he does this. And he starts walking back, starts going back to his father's house. And the Bible says that while the son was still a long way off, The father sees his son coming down the road. And it is the father that runs to the son. Let's recap just a moment. This brat, petulant of a son who has has the audacity to ask his father for his share of the inheritance, his hard-earned money that he has been saving his entire life for, and gives the one son his share. The son goes off and spends it on wild living. God only knows what he spent that money on, but it wasn't wisely, and he spends it all. And the father is looking down the road. From the day that his son left, the father was looking down the road for his son. And when he sees him, he runs to his son. He takes off in a dead sprint and goes to his son. And before the son is able to get out his concocted plan, the father wraps him up in his arms and gives him a giant hug and kisses him and tells his servants, quick, go go get the best ring. Go kill the fattened calf, for my son has returned. He was lost. 
And he's back now. And he has been found. These last two examples of the prodigal son and the shepherd that goes after the one sheep are just two of many examples in God's Word of this kind of love that the Father has for you and for me. If you take a look at your text from Acts with me, we see this again. Now, the lectionary didn't, didn't give you the context for, for this, this text, but what has happened is, is that Peter and John were going up to the temple, and they encounter this man who has been crippled from birth, and everybody knows him, everybody knows about him. And the man does what he does every day. This is his lot in life. Every day he asks for alms. He asks for money so that he can live his life. And Peter, it says in in verse 4, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Peter says, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. So this whole scene is happening. This miraculous healing is happening. And so when something like this happens, people want to go come see. They want to go come see what exactly is all of this ruckus about. And so the people come see. The people are astonished in verse 11. And then Peter has some words for them. Men of Israel, he says, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we, uh, we had made this man walk? And then he gets, he gets really serious. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. And you disowned him before Pilate. Though we had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer instead be released to you. You killed the author of life. This is, this is heavy stuff. This is heavy law. He is telling these people, these Jewish people, who just days before were yelling at Pilate, crucify him. Crucify him. We want Barabbas. We want the murderer instead of Jesus. The father in Luke chapter 15 had, had, had every reason to just let his son go. Had absolutely every reason to say, you know what, you've done this to yourself, you deal with it. He had every single reason to do that, to just leave him in the mess that he found him, himself in. 
Similarly, thank God that we have farmers that, that go after the one lost sheep or the one lost cow or pig or whatever the case is, because if it was me, I'd have just left alone and said, okay, fine, I've got 99 more. But no, we are charged to take care of it. It's ours and we want it back. It is of great concern to me. Listen to the rest of what Peter says. You killed the author of life. It is only by faith in the name of Jesus, this author of life, that this man who was crippled from birth, whom you see and, and, and know, was made strong. Going down to verse 17. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. And perhaps this, this next verse If we're not careful, we can just sort of skip right over it and not give it a whole lot of thought. Repent then, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Yes, you, the ones who were standing there yelling, crucify him. In effect, Peter is saying to them, God has not given up on you yet. Repent. And turn from your sin, so that times of refreshing may come, so that you may be made new again, so that times of refreshing may come, so that, and that he may send the Christ, who has been appointed for you, even Jesus, so that your sins may be wiped out. How fitting, then, the epistle from 1 John, look at that with me. Verse 1. See how great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. Children of God. As wayward in our faith as we are, as flimsy faithed as we are, still he calls you and I children of God. Our minds are not big enough to wrap our heads around this. I'm fully convinced of that and how big that this love is that John is talking about. See what kind of love that the Father has. The kind of love that would go after one lost sheep instead of worrying about the 99. The kind of love as a father would look down the road every single day, looking and waiting for his son to return. And when he sees him, he runs, sprints toward his son, and wraps him up as if nothing ever happened. This love is... An unrelenting love. Never will he stop seeking you. Never will he stop chasing you. Never will he stop loving you. An unrelenting love. Still he seeks us. Even when we sin even when we have sinned a hundred million times, 
Still, he seeks you. Still, he seeks me. Still, he seeks this world. Remember that it was he who loved you first. Remember that it was he, as the Psalms say, that that before you were formed in the womb, he knew you. That all of your days had been preordained by God himself. Remember that it was he who called you to the font. I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel. Remember it was he who took your place on the cross. The Jews were not the only ones that killed the author of life. It was you and I. We killed him. Every time that you harbor hate in your heart, every time that you think those things that are not of God's children and are not of God's will, every time that you gossip, every time that you do not put God first in everything in your life, the very first commandment, it was you and I that killed him. We killed the author of life. And let me say this really slow, this next part. Here's what's amazing. Still he seeks you. Still he loves you. Still he is unrelenting in his love for you. Still he will see you in heaven. Still, he will see you brought to faith again and again and again every day in baptism, being born again, a new person every single day. An unrelenting love. A love that, as I, as I, as I heard somebody say once before, and a love that has no resume. Jesus does not have a record of your sins. That's what the psalm, psalms say. Oh Lord, if you kept a record of sins, oh Lord, who could, who could stand? And the answer to that question is nobody could. A love that is without a resume. A love that asks no questions, just like the, the father does not ask any questions of the son. Again, he, he, could, he had every, every reason to not bring him back. He had every reason to even ask him, son, why did you do that? But he doesn't. The reason why he doesn't is because he is so consumed with love, his love for his son, that it doesn't even cross his mind to ask him why. And the same thing goes for you. And the same thing goes for me. He is so consumed with his love for you, that he doesn't ask you why. He doesn't ask you, why did you do this? He's not looking down on you and just shaking his finger. He's not looking down on you and shaking his head. No, he is so consumed with his love for you that all he does is every day wraps you up in his arms and says, you're new again. And you have new life. Your sins have been forgiven. Your sins have been wiped out. And then he goes further. He gives us his own body and his his blood, which we partake here every single Sunday. Body and blood of unrelenting 
love. Because when you were lost, when you were stuck in your sins, as I was, there was absolutely no question in his mind that he would come after you. As the farmer said, because you are of great concern to him. Because you belong to him. And he wanted you back. And he did. Crucified on the cross. Risen again three days later. And says, see here. This is how much I love you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now say together the words of our Christian faith, and we do so using the Apostles' Creed, as it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, the only Son of our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under the Pontius Pilate, was crucified by the Holy Spirit. He ascended to God. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe. Please be seated. At this time, we collect our tithes and offerings. Now is a good time to fill in the red sign-in book that is uh, on one side of the pews. Um, Those who receive it on the window side, will you please send that to the aisle side when you are finished? We collect our tithes and offerings. Stranger to Lutheran School is seeking a part-time custodian to start in May. The position is approximately 120 hours per month and includes retirement benefits. Hours are flexible. You may contact the church, the school office at 417-235-5931 to apply before April 15th. Trinity Lutheran School enrollment is open for the 2018-19 early childhood classes, which are offered for children ages 3 and up. Kindergarten classes are offered to children ages 5 and up by August 1st. Once again, you may contact the school office at 417-235-5931 to get signed up for screening and enrollment. Early childhood classes run two days per week, from 8.15 to 3.15. Kindergarten classes are five days a week. 
men's Bible study at Trinity Lutheran Church meets at 6.30 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the chapel. There are several ladies' Bible studies that meet during the week in the surrounding area. Once again, for more information, you may call the church office this time at 417-235-7300. this morning we have several folks that we want to remember. First for those on our health list, from Melvin McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Ella Clybaker, Flora Overman, Landreth Worm, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Orrin Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Dan and Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Becky Morgan, Wayne Towers, Alan Mullen, Bob Dotson, Alice Helmkamp, Bob Yelinek, Dorothy Helms, and Ashley Kruger. Also for those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, for Ursula McGahee, who will celebrate 84 years of life on April the 21st, for Pete and Grace Doss, who are celebrating 67 years of marriage today, for Bob and Barbara Steinberg, who also are celebrating 62 years of marriage today. For Robbie and Terry Kruger, who will celebrate 27 years of marriage on April the 19th. And for Mike and Edith Harmon, who will celebrate 29 years of marriage on April the 21st. We go to our Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you that the love that you love us with is so big that we cannot even begin to comprehend it, that we cannot begin to understand it. We thank you, Lord, that you are so consumed with your love for us, that you do not see our sins, that you do not keep a record of our sins. There is, we do not have to show you our resume, Lord, because our resume has been wiped clean and made whiter than snow. We thank you, Lord, that because of you, that because of Jesus, we can stand, we will one day stand in the presence of God because we will be clean. 
Lord, and we thank you that we have become baptized children of God who are made clean each and, and every day, who are given and granted new life. Lord, in your mercy. Dear Father, remember your church throughout the world and strengthen all of your baptized people to be bold witnesses of our Lord's resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray to you for your care and protection for all of our elected officials and all who serve in our armed forces. Grant them wisdom and honor as they carry out their responsibilities. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly King, your Son promised that he does not break the bruised reed or quench the dimly burning wick. Remember in mercy all who struggle with the darkness of doubt and despair and bring to their hearts the peace of your Son's resurrection victory. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, we commend to you all who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. We, Lord, remember especially before you all those who are on our health list, and all those, Lord, that we name before you in our hearts now. Grant to them your peace, dear Lord, that they may bear their sufferings with patience as they await your gracious healing. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we too especially give you thanks for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this week. Lord, we pray especially for Pete and Grace and for Bob and Barbara and for Robbie and Terry and for Mike and Edith. We thank you, Lord, that by your Spirit that you would enable them to remain faithful to each other and to the vows that they have made. Uplift them in their love for one another and especially their love for you. Also, Lord, we pray for Ursula, who has a birthday this week. We thank you, Jesus, that you have sustained her in life to this day, and we pray that your face would shine upon her each and every day of this next year. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, your Son has set before us here today a feast of love, a table where he serves us his own body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Grant that we may receive this gift in a worthy manner, that this supper may bring forth an abundance of good fruit for your reign. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing.
Dear Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, power, and glory, forever and ever. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians you confess, I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
first of our distribution hymns is God's Own Child, I Gladly Say It, number 594 in the Lutheran Service Book.
our distribution hymns today is number 547 in the Lutheran service book, The Lamb.
next of our distribution hymn is number 622 in the Lutheran service book, Lord Jesus Christ, you have prepared.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Frystep, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.frystepradio.com. We commend you to the love and care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. special uh, word of welcome and thanks to all of our visitors today. We're very glad that you were here to be with us and to worship with us, and we pray that your time here was one that was blessed. Uh, Don't forget uh, about the baseball tickets that you can still get, and also to look for the sign-up sheet for the picnic uh, in the back there on the table. We pray that you all would have a very, very blessed week.